The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, the monumental episode 500. No, just kidding, folks. Realistically, we we do what we do. We go through uh, the NFL lines uh, as scheduled. But I want to talk about, before I get into some of my initial thoughts on the DFS slate and uh, f- uh, football in general, I want to talk about what I just saw in the Francis Ngannou-Tyson Fury fight. Because part of the reason why I really wasn't even interested in this in the build-up or anything of that nature, this seemed to be just a pure gimmick fight. Just straight up. It was it was a gimmick fight. That was what I thought I was going to get. What actually happened, and, you know, I think shame on me and everybody else because we we kind of looked at this as a uh, uh, you know kind of a you know exhibition fight, and Francis just got got the money from uh, Fury and was just gonna put in uh, you know put in the, the time. But realistically, this wasn't gonna be a true uh, true big deal. Francis got to beat Tyson Fury. Doesn't matter what the actual judge's scorecard said. For anyone who actually went through, uh, like for anyone who actually went through the actual fight and looked at that fight, even as a casual viewer, and saw the amount of damage on Tyson Fury's face as a just a casual boxing fan, straight up, Tyson Fury got his ass whooped. He got whooped by a guy who had never boxed before. The MMA fans have to be crowing about this. The boxing fans have to be sick to their stomachs because Tyson Fury didn't take this seriously. But the truth of the matter is, straight up, Tyson Fury got beat by Francis Ngannou. Now, it was a split decision victory for Tyson Fury. But realistically, if you look at how that fight went down and you were scoring it, you can make a very clear argument that Francis Ngannou had the third round knockdown. He had one to 10 8, won the eighth round, won uh, the, uh, the sixth and fifth round with uh, some of the shots landed. It was a 10 round fight. You can actually make the argument that he was landing the power shots. 
Because overall, Ngannou outlanded Tyson Fury 37-32 on the power shots. Fury only had a 71-59 edge on total punches landed. He did jab him. Francis Ngannou ate the jabs. Uh, he even ate the illegal elbow Tyson Fury threw on Ngannou. Yeah, there was a missed, completely missed elbow by the referee. I don't even know how the referee missed the elbow. Uh, it's like in the middle, because uh, I think that was the seventh round. But you could see that Francis Ngannou got tired in the back end of the fight because he wasn't throwing as much volume. He was trying to counter Fury, but Fury only landed 13 shots in the last two rounds. and Ngannou landed six. It was it was very low volume between both fighters. So again, when you have that low volume, what are you scoring it off of? Total punches landed or who's pushing the action? Because technically, Ngannou was pushing the action. This is why people get annoyed with boxing scoring because I can't, I still cannot see, and I I haven't seen an official judge's scorecard posted. Uh, because this was in Riyadh, uh, of all places. Uh, so, you know, the Saudi, like, realistically, I'm not taking a, a ton of uh, great assault with uh, the validity of some of these matchups, knowing that, and by the way, there's no way Tyson Fury is fighting Alexander Usyk in, in December. That Like, this was supposed to be a cakewalk exhibition match for Fury, and then he fights Usyk in December. Fury got busted open with that cut. Like, did I mention that Fury got dropped on his ass and cut and was bleeding? Like, Fury had all the damage. Francis had no damage. He ate all of Tyson's best shots. That's why in, uh, I think it was the quarter uh, during round eight, like, or right before round eight, Tyson's you know, Fury corner's asking him, are you all right? Because he got clipped. And he couldn't let, he, he, even though he was trading and trying to land damage on Francis, Francis was just eating it and walking through and still landing punches on Fury. Like, it was almost a question as if, you know, are you feeling okay, champ, to, to like, uh, figure a way to just close out this fight? Because that's the that was the issue. Tyson was trying to figure out a way of finagling a win out of a situation where he clearly was not dominating. He clearly was not taking Francis and Ghana to school the way he said he would. Francis even mocked him, said, you were a bad teacher when he knocked him down. I mean, talk about embarrassing. Your, your caveat in life's work is being the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. I'm going to say this again. Tyson Fury is the lineal heavyweight champion of the world in terms of the titles that he represents. That That is what the boxing world considers Tyson Fury to be. He's the top of the mountain. Francis Ngannou had never fought in boxing in his entire life. And was winning the fight. That's embarrassing. So, as much as people want to say how much Francis was robbed, it actually makes the story even better. Because the way I look at it is we actually have real life Rocky. As much as, like, Philly, like, 
proclaims Rocky to be real, Rocky is not <laughs> not in fact real. Yes, uh, we we know the actual boxer who was based off of Rocky, but that guy was not actually even close to winning <laughs> like against uh, uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, Chuck Chuck Waltmaner, uh, was getting beat up. So let's talk about someone who actually represents what Rocky was representing, <laughs> because. All things considered, if you don't know Francis Ngannou's story, here's, like, the brief synopsis. Born in Cameroon, destitute poverty, was essentially, to survive, eating food from the trash, was doing manual labor at 10, was immigrate, well, legally immigrated to uh, to France uh, to try to, like, escape uh, and make a better life for himself was arrested multiple times trying to cross the border, finally succeeded, but even in Paris was, again, still sleeping on the streets, was randomly found, like, trying to use boxing gyms, and just people saw, like, the size of this man and his power, and that's where he got his start, was being in the gym, and they essentially... Got him into MMA. Signed with the UFC in 2015. You know, raw power. Everyone sees it. Like, just how ridiculously strong Francis is. Power is always translated with Francis. Eventually becomes UFC champion. Gets into a long-term dispute with Dana White that spans over three and a half years. Wherein Dana White tries to replace Nganu multiple times, books him in a match with uh, <clears throat> uh, bo- books him in a match where everyone expects him to lose against Cyril Gan. Meanwhile, Gan is being managed by Francis's former manager. There's like a whole backstory about all this. This, I, as I said, this is a Rocky movie. A real-life Rocky movie in the works. Beat Cyril Gaon. Still has the UFC heavyweight title. Still in the contractual dispute with Dana White. Eventually is able to negotiate his way out of the contract because Dana White was insistent on holding up uh, Francis to another fight that Ngannou said he didn't have on his contract. Gets stripped of the UFC title. uh, Is trying for over a year to make this boxing transition happen while he's getting mocked by Dana White at every press conference imaginable, mocking uh, mocking Nganu, saying he was such an idiot for not taking the contract that he wanted him to sign. Uh, meanwhile, the contract Dana White wanted him to sign, uh, he made over five times that amount with this Fury fight alone. For this one fight versus what uh, Dana White was going to sign him to. Everyone, myself included, thought this exhibition fight was going to be a, you know, a circus event. Kind of like the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor fight. Francis had never boxed. We'd never seen this dude. We know he has power, but boxing, you actually have to box. Francis was a counterpuncher. He was composed in the ring. He he could jab. He went to the body. He did all the right things. He was defensive. 
Tyson Fury could not actually get like uh, put together combos against Ngannou. He's heavy. He's the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, and he's struggling against a novice boxer. This is the true life Rocky story. Yes, he lost a split decision. Everyone watching that fight thought Francis Ngannou won the fight. He knocked him down. Fury's the one with all the damage on his face. This was uh, like it, the only thing that's not that's not like Rocky is the fact that it, at the end of the fight, Ngannou's fight face looks normal. Usually, at the end of a Rocky fight, Rocky's face is all bloody. You got Stallone uh, screaming Adrian like every 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 Rocky film except like the later ones. But Ngannou looked fine. It, it was absolutely the most batshit, you know what, like, crazy, whatever you want to say, like, event, I, again, this was not supposed to be a real fight. And Ganu got a, a seven-figure, uh, a, a guarantee of at least three million for this fight. He's definitely going to get more from the box now. And the pay-per-view, you know, people are going to want to see Francis' next venture. He has a deal with uh, the Professional Fighters League to be a chairman of PFL Africa to give back to his community so he can give back to the folks and, and the surroundings where he came from. That was part of one of his big deal was to do the partnership that UFC never wanted to give him, equity. He wanted equity. He's trying to build back in Africa because he wants to bring over. You saw how Kamaru Usman... And Israel Adesanya were in his corner because they they treat each other like brothers. Because they know the struggle that they all went through. And he's trying to bring that back. It, like, again, this was crazy. Not because of what he was even able to negotiate. This is the lineal heavyweight champion he's going up against. Tyson Fury was not pulling his punches. Tyson Fury was legit afraid of losing this fight. He got embarrassed by Francis Ngannou. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, how lucky am I that I get to recap this for my 500th episode? This is the perfect intro. I can't, I couldn't believe how ridiculous this was. But this beauty of sports. So with that being said, if you haven't seen the fight, go watch the fight. I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You may be disappointed with the result, but I'm telling you that sometimes the fact is better than the fiction. This is one of those cases. This was a Rocky movie playing out. No one took this fight seriously. And then by the end of it, it's like, <laughs> this is the plot of Rocky Balboa, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. It was an exhibition fight that everyone thought it was a joke, and then by the end of it, everyone's like, oh, crap, he might actually win. This is actually the plot of Rocky Balboa. Except it was actually real this time, and not St- Sylvester Stallone on steroids. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so w- we'll take a quick break. We'll get into some uh, DFS thoughts, and uh, I'll do uh, the spread picks uh, uh, probably with my old man as well. But, uh Yeah. Absolutely wild. Go watch the fight if you haven't seen it yet. We'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. 
The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. We'll be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, so some quick thoughts on the DFS slate before we go over the spread picks. Going to be a messy slate, in my opinion. Namely, for the standpoint of when Brees Hall is the chalkiest person on the slate in a Giants-Jets game that has less than a 40 total, and I still think the over is still going to be way under. Like I think the over is at like 37, and I, I don't see how this game hits... First of 20 wins in this Giants-Jets matchup, first of all. Uh, but I don't even think either team hits 20. Like, I, Zach Wilson is terrible. Tyrod Taylor, while he can run the offense better than Daniel Jones, it still ain't looking good. Like, this is a mess. So, I, I don't... I'm not seeing how this... Uh, this is, like, this is the week where... It makes any kind of sense uh, to be jamming in Brees Hall at 5,900, except for the fact that, you know, there's 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 not actually, like, there's not actually a great, uh, there's not actually a great uh, <laughs> dialogue in terms of uh, plays to, uh, 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 to, like, pull from. I mean, when you kind of look across the board, um... Jonathan Taylor is in a timeshare with Zach Moss. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I think Chuba Hubbard makes a ton of sense. Um, but Miles Sanders is back. But I still think Chuba Hubbard against the Texas defense makes sense. Pacheco at 6,100 makes sense against Denver's defense. I think Alvin Kamara at 7,300 is probably the best play on the slate, and I hate everyone else. I, d- I don't like this slate in terms of running backs. And then from a quarterback standpoint, I think you have to consider Lamar the top play against Arizona, but Lamar's 8,100, and it's always a matter of figuring out who's he going to focus on. Is he going to focus on Mark Andrews, or is he going to focus on Zay Flowers? Usually they both can't get there, because you know Lamar's just not going to throw it enough. So it makes it a bit of a delicate uh, balance. And then with Jalen Hurts, he's 8,200, but you need Washington to play well. And 
Sam Howell had one good game against the Eagles already, but we all know he has negative pocket QB presence, so realistically, another game against the Eagles defense where they've kind of looked at their mistakes, do, do, does Washington get there? I don't know. I, I, I want to play at least a Hurts lineup, but I don't love the Hurts play, in my opinion. I'd rather play C.J. Stroud at 6,300, have the cost savings, and see uh, if we get the back-and-forth matchup against uh, the uh, the Panthers with the Texans. I, I think that's... I think there's a more higher likelihood of the Panthers-Texas game shooting out than the Eagles-Washington game shooting out. And to me, that's going to decide my week. Realistically, I am more in favor of the Panthers-Texas game than the Eagles-Commanders uh, game. And I know other folks are on the opposite side of that coin where they're going to favor the Eagles-Commanders game. But again, with it being that popular, you know, that's, uh, that's not going to be the differentiator. And where it lands for the wide receivers is that I, while I'm going to have shares of Zay Flowers, I am still going to be on uh, Nico Collins of the Texans and Tank Dell of the Texans and do a run back with either Adam Thielen. Um, obviously, I brought up Chuba Hubbard uh, on the Panther side, but uh, I'll probably mix in some DJ Shark as well. Um, all those prices are affordable and it allows you to fit in um, if you want to go to a Christian McCaffrey at 9,200, if you want to go to a Tyreek Hill at 9,500, all, uh, all those prices work if you're uh, using the Panthers Texans game, um, as your main, uh, main primary stack. Um, on the tight end side, obviously there's always Travis Kelsey, but he's 8,400 to me, Trey McBride at 2,800 is the play. It's going to be chalk. So what? Sometimes you have to eat chalk um, if it's the most logical play. Um, this is not a great week for tight ends. Zach Ertz is uh, on IR. He, Arizona throws to the tight end quite a bit. So, to me, McBride makes the most sense. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't overthink it. So, um, yeah. quick. That's my quick thoughts on the DFS slate. Like, nothing too crazy. Um, on the defensive side, I do like... The Jags at 2,800 against the Steelers' offense and Matt Canada being the worst offensive coordinator, not only in the NFL, but probably college as well. Um, I think the Roonies are employing that man to force Mike Tomlin to quit <laughs> or retire uh, because it, it, it is insane that Mike, Matt Canada is allowed to keep coaching. Um, but, uh, yeah, that does it for the DFS late. Um, we're going to take a quick pause here. Um, and after the break, I'm going to bring uh, my dad on because like, he's ready to go. So let's get into uh, the spread picks. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, Kelly. So we got you on NFL Week Eight, uh, the Sunday matchup. So uh, let's get right down to it. We got Houston favorite on the road going to Carolina, a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I, I think Houston. The battle, the battle of the top picks. We uh, with uh, 
Bryce Young hosting uh, C.J. Stroud. But, yeah, I like Stroud, too. It's, uh, to, to me, that Carolina team is no good, and they, they can't figure it out. Um, all right, Dallas, five-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Rams. Five and a half? Yeah, five and a half. Five and a half against the Rams. The problem I have with Dallas, who is Dallas going to show up? This is the only thing that... So the caveat I give with this game is when I looked at it on paper, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of points with Dallas. But the other part of it was I looked at it, it's a one o'clock game. So the Rams got to make the trip. And it's always a bit earlier for that West Coast team. I think I think Dallas can jump on them, but yeah, five five and a half is a bit wide. Yeah, I think so. I think I I, I look. Dallas should cover that, but like I said, which Dallas team is going to show up? You know, I because uh, twice already Dallas make me think. Oh, I think they figured it out. Uh, they're okay. And then, they show you, no, we're not. We're still the same team that you thought we were. You know, so, I, I don't know. I, I I I like Dallas to win the game, but I don't think they're going to cover. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit dicey. Uh, so, Green Bay, one and a half point favorite over uh, Minnesota. So the Packers only getting a point and a half at home. <laughs> oh my God! You know those two teams. Uh, I I'll I'll take I'll actually take the um the Packers, not um Minnesota. You 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 gonna you gonna side with Kirk? You were so impressed with Kirk from Monday night. Not really. <laughs> I don't think they know what they're doing in Green Bay. I, 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 I you know, um, maybe part of it is George. Uh, I just don't think. Uh, to me, he's going backwards. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't like some of the play calls, but some some of the throws he's making, uh, you gotta hit some of those throws. Uh, I I think he's well. Part of it is I think Jordan Love is pressing because he's feeling the pressure of the job now, and he's not responding well to it. Yeah, I'm telling you, I I I watch him. I watch him throw a ball last week, and you could see him saying. Oh shit! I should have hit that. The guy was open, you know. Like you kind of seen it in his face, where he knows they're gonna talk about that, you know. And it's a throw he should have made. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so it, it's a little interesting with Green Bay. I can't tell if Jordan Love is looking good in practice and it's just not coming across on the actual film when the game hits, because the reports in Green Bay says he's acclimating well. But he's still making some of the same mistakes, so that's yeah, the concerning yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so Indy hosting New Orleans. Indianapolis only a point and a half favorite against New Orleans. Uh, 
Indy. Yeah, I, 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 I don't understand this line. I, I think Indy's better than New Orleans. I don't know why yeah. it's only a point and a half. Yeah, I, 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 um, I, they actually have faith in that New Orleans team. This, this is why I keep always saying, like, who did Derek Carr bribe to like get so much respect around the league? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it because, uh, you know, I, they didn't look good last week. I don't know what you're basing that off of. They didn't look good at all last week. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take yeah. yeah, it, 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 it definitely, it definitely has me, um, wondering about that matchup, because, again, I, I looked at the line, and I kept saying to myself, I was like, mm, what am I missing here, because, to me, it's still, like, I, I, I don't, I don't think the normal seems that good, uh, like, it, it's, well, you know, for, for, for the way they have played so far, it's not that, it's not that they, you don't think they're that good. I think they're no good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, the line moved even further. I may have to hit this even harder now. Now, now, it, now, Indy's actually shown as the underdog compared to New Orleans. I, I don't know. I, I, I got, I got, I got to hit this line harder because you know something that I don't know. Well, because it, it still meant you under quarterback. And like, yeah, I know Kamara's there, but well, does Derek like does does Derek Carr actually inspire confidence in folks that he can take a, a, a game on the road? Let me tell you something. You watched that game last week, that indie game against Cleveland. And with that Cleveland defense, they were still able to put up points. I now New Orleans has a good defense, not as good as Cleveland's. You want to tell me all of a sudden they're not going to put up points against against them? I, I I don't I don't get it. You know, unless like I said, maybe they know something that we don't know. That 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 New Orleans team hasn't shown me. I've picked them a couple Sundays as well, so, uh, but they, they haven't rewarded me because that, that team, I I think they, they're underperforming, you know, and, and I don't understand how is it that they can't get the ball to Michael Thomas in, 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 in big spots, you know, so, uh, hey, if they want to make Indy the underdog, because the, the the one thing I've seen so far from from Indy is that they're not easy to beat. They're gonna give you a fight. Yeah. And, and this New Orleans team, like when you give them a fight, they just duck out. Yeah, I'm I'm just not I'm not seeing uh, I'm not I'm not seeing where New Orleans should be favored on the road against. I'm just not seeing it. No. Um, no. All right, so next up we've got Miami. Uh, yeah, Miami is traveling to New England, and again, this is just one of those games where. Oh wait, no, actually, I got that wrong. Sorry, I I I knew I had that flip because I, I thought they already made the Foxborough trip. Um, yeah, so Miami is hosting New England now. 
This line makes far more sense. Ten and a half for Miami. The caveat uh, towards all this, though, still, is the fact that when you still look at, like, most of these teams, I, I think it's a, it's pretty clear that New England still is trying to figure out um, what makes the most sense uh, for that team moving forward. So, I, I don't think... I don't think New England truly knows if that team is going to be any any good. And so uh, when you get into a situation like that where they're still trying to make determinations as to next year, like what they're going to do with the roster and whatnot, I still think guys are going to show up and play hard. So I think New England still probably covers and Belichick usually finds a way to slow down Tyreek Hill and he's already banged up, so... That's the reason why I would lean more towards New England covering. Miami's going to win the game, but uh, to me, this is more about uh, whether or not uh, Miami can cover or not. And I, I don't necessarily see it. Uh, all right, so it, it's it's our, it's our it's it's the major matchup of the week, the one we care so much about, Callie. It's the Giants and the Jets. Giants three and a half point underdogs to the Jets. Of course, it's going to be Tyrod. I, I mean, we can't risk Daniel Jones in this matchup. The neck is too sensitive. I know. Like, I want people to understand. The, the Giants are not like saying Daniel Jones can't play. They're they're literally holding him out because they know if they put him out there, he's gonna get, he, he's gonna get roasted by the fans and media. So they they're, they're literally sh- like shielding him. Because of how poor he's been playing. Yeah, well, I, I, I think, I think what they are hoping for is that the the Jets defense bails them out and bring Tyrod back down to earth, and so when they put Daniel Jones, you won't be hearing the talk that, or uh, you know, maybe they should leave Tyrod in. Yes. What, what would be the worst nightmare for the Giants would be for Tyra Taylor to have a really good outing and the Giants eke a win out or just barely lose to the Jets with Tyra looking really good. <laughs> That's exactly what the Giants are afraid of. I'm laughing. 
I would die laughing if that was to happen. You know, the Jets win by uh, a late field goal to, to, to end up winning by one point or two points, you know? The, and, the Giants are desperately afraid of that happening. Oh, <laughs> you know, Mara is probably someplace in, in a little hole putting money on the Jets hoping that they win. <laughs> and I mean, they 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 get to, they get to... a couple interceptions. Tyrod threw a couple interceptions and stuff. Oh man, they they they'll be selling the the Jazz will be celebrating tonight. You know, if that happens. I mean, they can say what they want. They are like legit hoping Tyrod. Uh, they're legit hoping Tyrod fails today. Oh yeah, I, I because look. I, I've been out of it for the last, the last couple of days doing some stuff, and I didn't really check the, the the sports news and stuff. So I didn't I didn't know because uh, up to up to was Wednesday I think. Uh, I remember the talk on the what? Oh yeah, Daniel Jones has got to play. Yeah, you know, Daniel Jones is the quarterback going forward, and da 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 da. Then it was that's the play. So I thought Daniel Jones was cleared to play. You know, but I think the Giants are scared that they bring Daniel Jones out to play and in the first quarter the Jets are up by fifteen. And part of it is Daniel. You know, I, I I think that's 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 the problem. You know, so and it's a very real concern because because the way Daniel Jones has been playing, they could very well be up in fifteen. The, with that, with the way the Jets' defense has been playing, and with as poor as Daniel Jones has been reading defenses, he could easily lose the game for the Giants if he played today. That's why Tyrod's in this game. Tyrod's here to soak up, uh, uh, so- soak up the damage from the Jets' defense against that Giants' offensive line. Because oh. yeah, the offensive line looked better the last two weeks. Now they actually go up against a real defense. Uh, you know, um, and, and 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 this Jets' defense is kind of feeding off of we could win with defense. You know, and to limit the amount of stuff thing that Zach has to do, and and you know, just let let's go as far as the defense will carry us. I I think they firmly believe that, and the defense is a legit defense. That the, the defense is good, and if Sauce on them is back today, it's 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 even better. So, you know, I I I'm, I'm, I think the Giants are hoping that the that that. The Jets bail them out, uh, you know. But I mean, I mean, general, I'm still gonna pick the Giants. I just can't pick. I can't pick another team against my team. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a real diehard. I, you know, hope the Giants get a couple lucky bounces and 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 you know, is the Jets favored by what? Uh, three and a half. They got the hook. Three and a half. Uh, I, I, the Jets should cover that. 
you know, the Jets should cover three and a half against the Giants. Uh, the they Jets should be able to cover it. Yeah, the Jets should be able to But it, it's also Zach Wilson. That That's the other. That, that's, well, the, the, the other part of that is that, yeah, the defense can score. You know, the defense can score. We know that. But can Zach Wilson score? You know, if, if, the, 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 to me, if, if, if I was coaching the Jets, my game plan every week going forward would be Devin Cook and, and Rizal. Well, well, that, well, that's the other, th- that's the other news of the week that you probably missed. Like, Dalvin Cook is essentially asking for a trade because he's not getting enough touches. To me, this week, this should just be Breesaw or Dalvin getting uh, a combined 40 touches against the Giants' defense. Because the only way I can see the Giants winning this game is if Zach Wilson turns the ball over throwing and gives the Giants a short field. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to move them all that well against the Jets' defense. So to uh, me, th- this comes down to, can uh, is Zach Wilson going to lose the game for the Jets? Ah. Uh. I, I I missed that one. I didn't see that Dalvin Cook had asked for a trade. Well, well, you know it's what? not that he asked for a trade. It's just that he 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 was complaining that he wasn't being used in the offense uh, uh, well, effectively and was looking for more opportunities. Uh, to but like behind the scenes, what the uh, the Schefters of the world were kind of saying is that he was kind of positioning. He's like, if I'm not going to be used, can you move me? Well. The problem I have with Darwin Cook is this. You stayed out there all summer long. I thought he should have signed with Miami because they don't really have a, a big-time running back, although they don't depend on a running game. He took the right. money. He took the money, and now you got to live with it. Right. This is, this was my problem. You you And... You knew you was coming to a team that has, yeah, I know he was coming off an injury, but they had a premier running back that they liked. So that's their guy. You had a backup guy in case if the injury lingered and, and, and we need you. But if not, we pay you, but we may not use you. I don't know how we didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, the, 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 the thing of it is, is that Brees Hall has been far more effective than anyone could have imagined coming back off the ACL injury, but yeah, that that's the risk That's the risk you run. Yeah, but doing, here's the problem I have with that. For us, yeah, we, we, we could be checking that. But you was hearing talk about how far ahead Brees Hall was, and... Yeah, for a fan, you might hope and everything. But if you if you are a running back and you selling your services, you gotta pay more attention to that kind of thing because they, if this guy actually is that, I don't want to want to be around that because they're gonna use him. Yeah, I it, 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 you know I don't know how he didn't see that coming. But like you say, that's when you grabbing the money. Yeah. Because Miami is a team that was actually recruiting him. Yeah. They, 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 Miami desperate. Like, to me, it made far more sense for him to go to Miami. But, yeah, I, you know, 
You know, don't, if you take the money, don't complain. That's my thing. I don't want to hear it. I yeah. don't want to hear it. You had a choice, and that's where you choose to go. Yeah. Don't complain now. Yeah. Because I, I don't know why you didn't see that coming. Yeah. All right, so we've got uh, next up, we've got Pittsburgh as a home underdog with Mike Tomlin. You know what that means. Uh, Pittsburgh is a plus two and a half underdog uh, against the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. Pittsburgh against Jacksonville. I take Pittsburgh. This is this is the thing. The when Pittsburgh's a home dog, usually that's when Mike Tomlin just coaches up the team and wins, finds a way to win the game anyway. It's it's just one of those things where Pittsburgh has a home dog. I I always get skittish. Now, can Kenny Pickett lose the game? Yeah. But they've been somewhat more solid on offense. Not that they're good on offense. They're terrible. But they just need to be mediocre. With the way that defense is playing, they just need to be a mediocre offense. And that defense can win enough games for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think what, 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 what they're doing, and you saw it last week, is... All we need the offense to do is don't do things for us to lose the game. You may not have to win the game. Yeah, just do things for us to lose. Yeah, yeah, no. Let the defense tilt the field. Get your field goals. Maybe we'll get a touchdown or or maybe two if it's a good day. And and, and you kind of go with that. I I think that's what Pittsburgh is relying on. Yeah, yeah, and Trevor, Trevor Lawrence has not been playing lights out. You know? Well, this is the thing. Jacksonville's 5-2, but man, it just feels like a soft 5-2. Yeah. It's like, it's not convincing. So th- this is why I look at this game and I'm saying, I understand the line, but to me, it's dicey on the Jacksonville side, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I think Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. This line, uh, this line definitely shifted. Uh, it's Atlanta as as a uh, the line is now two and a half. It should it should be more, in my opinion. It was it was one and a half, but Atlanta uh, two and a half point favorite uh, on the road against Tennessee. Um, so no Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee. So. You got uh, Malik Willis and Will Levis possibly playing QB. Like it seems like Vrabel might play like two QBs, which means you have no QB for this game today. But not neither one of those guys has been playing good anyway. Yeah. So so I I you know I I yeah I'll take Atlanta. Yeah. The 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 issue I have is just the fact that. That Tennessee offense was struggling even with Tannehill being healthy. You've got two guys who aren't NFL ready yet. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see it. Like I, I think this line should be wider. Even though I don't like Atlanta, I don't like how they run their offense. But that defense plays well enough that I think they'll get some turnovers against Tennessee, and they'll just they'll grind out like a. 20 to 15, uh, 20 to 14 win or 20 to 17 win like it'll, it'll be an ugly looking win 
It's like I, I don't because I, I can't see Atlanta blowing out teams with the way Ritter plays. But I, I think they just uh, they just see the game through. Uh, so uh, Philly and Washington uh, is our last one p.m. game. Philly six and a half point favorite over Washington. The team feels as though it's revolting against its coaching staff. Yeah. Like, I don't like the offense. I think this is what we were afraid of with Eric Bieniemy is that, you know, it's not that you can't coach, but if you, you got players that don't care, and to me, I think I think Washington's soft. Um, This is a spot where I could see Philly just putting up a big number uh, and score a bunch of points, and then Washington's just in catch-up mode and never looks close. The first game looked competitive. That's why I think the second game is probably not as competitive because now Philly's, Philly knows that they dodged a bullet by because they weren't ready to play, and they'll be sharper on the road. Because Philly oh, yeah. played that first game as if they were going to blow them out at home and it was going to be easy, and I think they take it more seriously this time, and then they actually blow out Washington. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I mean, you... You 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 look at Washington after that last week, and you know some players were, especially the defensive guys, they were pissed off. So I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah. Give me Philly a couple. Yeah. yeah. All right. Four o'clock games. We got Seattle versus a backup QB again in Cleveland because. Uh, no Deshaun Watson. Uh, it's P.J. Walker back under center for the Browns. Seattle is a uh, uh, three-point favorite on the road. Seattle at the Browns, three-point favorite? Yeah. Uh, I, don't like, I don't like Seattle on a three-point on the road. Uh, I don't. I don't think they could cover that. I like the Browns. You gonna take the Browns anyway? Well, well, well. I, I would say you like the Browns' defense more than you like uh, anything Browns. else about the game. There you go. There you go. Uh, I, I see. I see where you're going with it because it's like PJ Walker's looked rough. <laughs> He's looked rough, but I can see the Browns' defense stepping up and giving Geno fits. Like yeah. that. That's that's the concern I would see with this game. Yeah. Uh, that, that 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 that's my that's my thinking. That's my thinking. I, I, if they were, if Seattle was home, yeah. But on the road, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Baltimore and Arizona. Uh, Baltimore. The line has crept up. Now Baltimore's a nine and a half point favorite on the road. I'm going to put my faith back in Baltimore again because of the game they played last year because I keep saying if they play that way, you know, even the Chiefs are going to catch hell to beat them, you know. It, 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 it's literally which team shows up. If you, get, if, shows if, up. if you get the bully Baltimore, this is an easy cover for Baltimore because you know Arizona's tanking. But if Baltimore shows up like they don't care, 
this is when the game gets dicey. Like, it's, so this, this is one of those games where it's like, you're going to be able to tell by the second quarter how this game's going to go. Yeah, because what, what, what pisses me off at Baltimore is like, for some reason, they think, oh, we can do this whenever we want. We can turn it off, we can turn it on, and they can't do that. And that's why they lose a lot of games. And when you look at the start lines, you say, but they should have won this game. Yeah. And, they, you know, they, they lose. So I'm going to put my feet in them, back in them, because I, I would think that they could they, they look back and learn a lesson that, you see, you see what happened when we, we take care of business, and hopefully they, they continue. Yeah. Uh, next up. We've got. <laughs> it might it might be snowing in Mile High, or it, it could be stopping by the time the game begins. But the Chiefs, yeah, this is gonna be the the, the Chiefs li- the Chiefs line keeps creeping down. Now the Chiefs are only favored by seven on the road in Denver. Okay. No problem. You know, I'll still take the Chiefs on the points because um, you know. That's if that's if uh, one of the defensive players don't strangle Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, R- 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 Russ is rallying the team as we speak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> He's rallying the team. Oh my God. Let's ride. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I'll take the Chiefs. You know because. Whether it's snowing or it's not snowing, you're talking about Kansas City and you're talking about Denver. It's not going to make a difference, the, 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 the weather. You yeah. Know, both of those teams, it's not like you can say that the, the, the snow or the altitude, it's Kansas City. I, I'll take Kansas City at a point. Yeah. All right. So, interesting matchup here. Uh, San Francisco hosting Cincinnati. Brock Purdy cleared concussion protocol, so the line shifted back to where it was originally. San Fran favored by five and a half. I think, um, I actually think Cincinnati can win that game. It, to me, this is one of those awkward looking games. Yeah, because. I know. That's because it's not as though I think San Fran has fallen off a cliff or anything. I think no. what I think once Purdy got that concussion, it wrapped up the Minnesota game because he was a completely different quarterback uh, in that second half, and they and they couldn't move the ball efficiently because they didn't have a quarterback. But the issue is, uh, Joe Burrow's getting healthier, and. And if you got Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in that offense, they can put up points against San Francisco. I need assurances that Brock Purdy is fully healthy and ready to go, and we're not going to know that for a while. So to me, five and a half is is pushing it. Can yeah. can the uh, can the 49ers win the game? Yeah, but I, I'm looking at this closer as a field goal type game. The the extra the extra couple of points here makes a difference. So to me, I, I'm on the Cincinnati side as well. Um, I I think San Fran wins, 
but I think this is a really tight game. That's why I don't I don't love this line at all on the San Fran side. All right, so we were just talking about this game, Callie. It's your favorite. It's Sunday Night Football. We've got the Chargers hosting the Bears. Chargers, eight and a half point favorites over the newcomer, Tyson Badgett, the, the hottest thing to hit Chicago since Derrick Rose. Let me tell you something. If the Chargers can't cover that, okay? If the Chargers can't cover, I ain't even talking about if they lose the game. If they can't cover that, then, then, uh, oh my God, I forgot the coach's Brandon name. Staley. Staley should, but Staley already should be looking for a job, but this would just make it official for me. Okay, because I know I, I know the people that stats and budget. And did anybody watch that game last week? Hey, hey, hey! Josh McDaniels did the best job he could with that Raiders team. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh God! Yeah. The, the yeah, fact um, that people the fact that people got that excited over a win over the Raiders, not watching how bad the Raiders were playing. I, I find that one curious. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it seems like us in Vegas were the only people actually watching that game. <laughs> because this this line is more than fair. As dysfunctional as the Chargers are, like, this Bears team has plenty of issues. The, the Chargers can't cover this one. I mean. No, I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's yeah. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh no, no, no! Last but not least, we just talked about him, Josh McDaniels. Monday Night Football, the Raiders traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. Detroit eight and a half point favorites. And this Lions should cover because they should be pissed <laughs> off about about that game last week. The way, I mean, if Detroit doesn't win this game by two touchdowns, I will be shocked. Because uh, you know, I'm I'm almost sure that the coach is telling them now. Baltimore, when they play right, is that good? But I'm sure the coach is using that to tell them. You oh, Dan, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell's gonna like light into him saying, "We got, yeah. we got, we got, we got, we got, uh, we got, we got ragdolled and embarrassed on national TV." Yeah. They took uh, they like they made us look like uh, they made us look like little boys out there. No, they they are gonna punch the the, the, the Raiders in the mouth. But like I will be. That's why I say I will be shocked that they don't beat the Raiders by at least two touchdowns on uh, Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. They, they, you're gonna get the full weight of everything because they got beat. On offense and defense last week, so yeah, they're gonna be like to me. To me, I look at that kind of like to me. This is that's the kind of game that ends up in, like being like thirty-four to ten or something like that. Like to me, I think D- Detroit just rolls that uh, that Raiders team. I don't care that Jimmy G's coming back for that Lions game. It it, it won't matter. <laughs> yeah, I see them covering. Yeah. All right, all right, Kelly. We'll we'll catch up a bit later then. Okay. All right.
Have a good one. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the show. But, you know, I want to take this time to just say thank you to all of you for listening to the show over the years. Uh, You know, it's been a long road to get to 500 episodes and, you know, quite appreciative of all uh, the friends, family, uh, just uh, random listeners listening to the show. Anything you may have taken away from the show, whether you liked the show or hated the show, even if you tune in, that that's a blessing to me. Um, but yeah, more to come. Uh, you know, we'll do some retrospective episodes of some of the wildest stories I've covered, like in, in over the years, and like kind of thinking back. Uh, you know, we still probably have a James Harden trade on the horizon, so we'll we'll, we'll recap all of the James Harden trades over the years and how I've covered them. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it is crazy just in terms of how many stories I've covered on this show over the years and just how, like, the more things change, the more they stay the same, and I'm not surprised by things anymore. Um, even though I do get surprised with certain things, like, don't surprise me either. It, it, it's it's kind of wild just, like, how ridiculous. Um, when you really think about uh, so many, how, how sports interacts at times. But I will say that, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better episode uh, than what I got <laughs> because of this Nganu and Fury fight. It it, it, it it truly does encapsulate the beauty of competition in sports because you see perspectives change on a dime. And when you think about it in context, I, I, I implore all of you to watch that fight again because it's a testament to hard work and dedication that someone as Francis who is respected in his field, getting virtually mocked by everyone in the world. Everyone in the world said he was crazy to even try this and that he would look, be embarrassed and, you know, you can't do this. Like, a lot of people in life are going to tell you what you can and can't do. But it takes the measure and courage to take away the negative thoughts and focus on the positives of what you can contribute and look at the results if you put the work in. Francis Hiddick is an example of that. He dropped the lineal heavyweight champion of the world on his can in his first professional fight. Just think about that. Just think about that in context. Someone who had never boxed before did the work, did the training, prepped for just trying to get a chance to box when everyone said there was no way he could do it. They kept telling him that he couldn't do it. People think he actually beat the lineal heavyweight champion in the world. Even if it wasn't on the official card, people actually think he beat uh, uh, Tyson Fury. And guess what? I have to be one of those people because I watched the fight. And I saw the fear in Tyson Fury's eyes. You can't say that Tyson Fury did not have fear. Because you saw it in his face. You saw the shock in his face that he realized that what he signed up for and what he actually got were two very different things. And that he was going to actually have to use every one of uh, his skill sets to get through that fight and get a W. Just amazing. So like I said, the power of possibility, folks, it is very much real. So whatever you can take from it, just remember that from sports. Because it is very real. You can make certain things happen if you're willing to put the work and dedication to it. This show is one of those examples, too. Because (laughs) I never thought I'd be still doing this show and have as much carve-out as I have been over the years. But again, I thank all of you, and 
even more to the future. So, uh, salute. Have a good one, folks. Be well. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets.